This is Macchiato Memory, an attempt to make sense of the coffee scene from Singapore. Hi, and welcome back. And I suppose it's also a welcome back for me because it's been a very, very long time since I've spoken to you guys. Uh, thank you for sticking around if you're a long-time listener and welcome to a bit of a strange season for me. And I really mean season because this is season four, episode one. And season three was more than six months ago, more than half a year ago when anything was recorded or published and I feel like I owe you an explanation. The reason for my hiatus was that, well, uh, I think I've mentioned before that I've become a dad and things have gotten busy at home because of that. But also at work, there was a little bit of transition for me. I was moving from one department to another and um, there, there were things that I was doing, tying up the previous department for the first quarter of this year. And then I started work at the new department in the second quarter and so as you can imagine, um, at the time of this recording, it's not even been six months in the new department, still getting my feet wet, still uh, still feeling my way around. La. But uh, I, I don't know, I gotta confess to you, I don't know how long this fourth season will run for. Nonetheless, I do want to do a good job because I feel like I owe it to you guys to have a proper farewell and just some closure to the whole thing. And to start, I want to pick up a conversation that I had with a friend who has been living in London for the past one year. His name's Derek. Let's dive right into the conversation I had with him. Hi, Derek. It's good to have you back. We're talking about you in your last days in London. You're coming back to Singapore in about a month's time, right? Yeah. Um, thanks for having me back. It's <laughs> My days are numbered. I've started, <laughs> finally started counting down again to my return back to Singapore. I think it's slightly more than a month now i'll be back early september so the last time that we had you on we talked about like what your coffee routine was like at the very start of london and also a little bit about what it was before as best as you can remember before you entered london before you got to london for this stint what was your expectation of the coffee scene in london i think i expected to be you know a lot more cafes which it, it, I mean, okay, you know, what I've expected is what I've seen, right? A lot more cafes all around, littered around central London. Of course, pricier coffee, which is obviously <laughs> the case. But in terms of quality, I don't think I expected sort of better quality coffee. Did you expect same or, or worse quality? I think I expected the same. But okay, in terms of coffee quality, to me, there's like normal standard coffee, which is you know, your, your cappuccinos, your Americanos, which all generally taste the same to me. But I've only been able to, to tell the espresso that I've tried in Italy as something okay. that's a different standard from everything else. So apart from that, <laughs> I don't think I <laughs> anything more from London. <laughs> and that Italy experience was during this past one year or was before this trip? Before. Before? Um, this was like 2017, 2018. And so to date, that has also been the defining coffee experience for you. Like the last one year in London, there have been no standout experiences that could stack up alongside that Italy trip. Yeah, no. Um, so <laughs> okay, prior to Italy, I never enjoyed an espresso. Okay. Because okay. to me, it was just way too strong. Yeah. But after Italy, I think my eyes were open. And that, that's know, the point I've of espresso, espresso to open the eyes. Yeah, it's, it's not as great here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay, so one nil Italy to England. <laughs> yes, as was the case in the Euro too. So, oh no, no, no. 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not the football fan, so I, I don't keep up to date with that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, but that's a bit more of like what you would see in London that you're expecting to see a lot more cafes. Did you expect that your routine in London would be cafes or that you would be doing the the home coffees of some sort? Right, yeah. So, you know, I wanted to come here and see what the environment was like, what sort of coffee places I could find around my area. And as it turns out, I think we quickly found that it was a bit too expensive to be having a coffee out or outside every day. So yeah, I think I shared on the podcast in the last the last time round that we brought up a, a Nescafe. Yeah. Right. It was actually give, it was a gift for my brother to, you know, like have fun, take it to London. <laughs> So that quickly evolved into my family's, you know, sort of go-to regime. Right. Just an interesting fact, we recently counted, you know, how much coffee we burn through a week. It's about three rolls of Nescafe pots, so about 30 in a week for five. There's 10 in, in one roll. There's 10, there's 10 in one roll, yeah. So on, on average, it's about maybe two to three pots a day per person, which comes out to about you know, <laughs> which is quite a lot. But. No judgment from me. I do two to three coffees a day, every day. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and it's cold. While it's cold here, it helps to warm you up too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right now, what is the weather like? Um, So today, today it's like 17 degrees now. Um, oh, yeah. We just had a heat wave last week. It was the worst. <laughs> oh, that's right. I have been reading in the news. Yeah. It hit it what? Hit 40, right? Degrees. And it's 40 degrees dry heat. So it's like being in the desert. I mean, I don't know if it would be better if it was 40 degrees humid. It's probably less dangerous at, at, at 40 degrees with humidity. La. I think it would be more uncomfortable because yes. it's hot and sticky. It's but you, like might, hot. you might not die as easily. Yeah. Oh, but you probably have to drink a lot more water in Singapore because you'd be sweating like nobody's business, right? Yeah. Whereas here, it's not so bad, I think. <laughs> wow. But yeah, so... That, that those two weeks, uh, those two days actually, it was only two days of heat wave. I think I did not drink a coffee because it was just so hot. I just cold water, cold shower, everything. Not even like <laughs> coffee and then pour it over ice. Um, no, I, I, I don't really like that actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so not not a cold coffee person. No, not a cold coffee person. Yeah, in general, I don't really drink ice. I find it dilutes things too much. You know. Uh, yes, it, it usually does. And even if it wasn't for the presence of ice, like if there was some way to serve up cold coffee, oh, wait, what am I saying? Of course, there are ways to do cold coffee like, without <laughs> diluting. Uh, temperature affects flavor and texture if we're talking about right. foods and stuff like that. So it, right. it's, it's no surprise that you might have a preference for the same beverage at a certain temperature. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gone out to try, so maybe I, I don't know what I'm missing, you know? <laughs> okay, so that makes for an interesting segue. So mm. you are coming back in just over a month's time. And mm. the weather here, it hasn't been that different from the time you left. I don't think that it's going to, to be drastically different. Climate change notwithstanding, yes, it, it probably will creep up, but it's still going to be hot and humid. So I guess now I'm thinking about two questions. Number one, does that mean that you drink less coffee in Singapore because it's hot all the time? Mm. And two, what, what are you looking forward to the most about coffee when you come back to Singapore? Okay, first question, would that change my routine? I think I would actually be drinking the same amount of coffee as I did pre-London, primarily because I think my drinking routine in Singapore pre-London was, you know, as a worker, yeah. Start the day, one in the morning, and one after lunch. So temperature 
didn't really play a factor because, especially because, you know, an officer is cold. So yeah. <laughs> either way, coffee works. But it wasn't the main factor at all. It was really just to, for the caffeine kick. Here, it was different because, of course, for the days I was working in office, I, I drank more. But for days that I'm not, then sometimes I don't really need the coffee boost. So I think, yeah, the weather in Singapore won't, won't really play a difference. Okay, what's the second question again? <laughs> so, uh, what are you looking forward to about the coffee scene back in Singapore? Ah, yes. Okay. I think primarily, I, I, I really miss my Gopi Gao Siotai. <laughs> and my Yuan Yang Gao Siotai. Like, there's something about it, you know, the the sweetness, the depth. I sound like a connoisseur, but <laughs> something to it that's just soothing and comforting rather than a, a long black. Mm you know, like an espresso shot to start the day. It's not as comforting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know how else to describe it. And the volume, because, okay, Western coffees, right? Cappuccino, the the volume is not a lot. Even if you have long black, it just doesn't sit as well as a nice big glass of kopi. (laughs) It sounds like you might enjoy the coffee scene in America. Because like they, they have a lot of like, oh, here's a huge cup of coffee, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah, but a huge cup of Americano versus a huge cup of Gopio. <laughs> Gopio. <laughs> Maybe I'm just biased. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. So uh, you haven't been able to have any Nanyang style coffee in London? No, I, th- I think we did identify. Oh, okay. I've had, the Viet- I've had a Vietnamese drip coffee a couple okay. of times. Yeah. Um, at two different places. Um, one was pretty authentic. It was not bad. The other one was terrible because I think they <laughs> tried to drip it in way too fast and rush it out to you because they didn't oh. actually give the, the drip container um, the drip Yeah, thing. they didn't. Uh. Then, no, then how did they do the drip? I, I don't know. So that's the thing. I'm not sure whether they actually dripped it. You know? So <laughs> it, it was very bland. But the other one that, that did give the drip one, that was pretty good. But the Singapore-style no, haven't been able to find one. I'm pretty sure I can find one, but it's going to be overpriced. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to price, it, it, it's probably very difficult for London to fight with Singapore on the price of all these goods. You were hinting that the Angmao-style coffee in London is also more expensive than it is in Singapore. Um, yes, if you convert the prices, it definitely is. So the going rate for a coffee in central London is somewhere between, for let's say, a cappuccino, or a latte, it's going to be around three to three fifty pounds, which converts to about five to six dollars sing yeah. Yeah, that does feel like a little bit on the high side, unless you are going to some of the really, really renowned specialty places in Singapore. Yeah, because the renowned specialty places in London are going to be even more. Yes, I figured as much. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the the prices would therefore be something else that you're looking forward to when you get back to Singapore. Definitely, I I mean partly because I think my coffee drinking is drinking coffee for the for the sake of sustenance you know call it <laughs> the caffeine kick rather than yeah. the, wow the notes are amazing <laughs> <laughs> i think it's more the bang for the buck mm. that gets me going with, with with coffees yeah yeah but also because there hasn't been anything in london that has impressed you so much so that it overrides the bang for buck um objective yeah, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> not not for coffee. I found a new founder for cider. But last oh. time, we, I think, I think we, 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 we talked about not talking about beers. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. 
But uh, that's also got to do with the alcohol tax in Singapore. La. So that that's the reverse, is it? Um, actually, no. I found that beers and the ciders here, if you actually convert the pricing, it still comes out to about 9 to $10 sin per pint, mm. which you could, you could probably find in cheaper pubs and places in Singapore. So it's not that much cheaper, but it's so much more accessible. You, mm. you, there are as many pubs as um, Starbucks. No, there are more pubs than Starbucks. In, in Central London. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, it's like a seeing a 7-Eleven. It's that accessible. It's right. It's in the middle of the day, it's the lunch break. It's a tea break. It's a post-work drink before you go back for the Londoners here. Oh, okay. So is it okay to, like, is it socially acceptable to drink alcohol in the middle of the day? Here? Yeah, yes. in London. Not in the office place, but many people would they'll pop out for a drink. So they say, hey, would you like to pop out for a pint? In the middle of a work day. In the middle of a work day, yeah. Wow. Like, in Singapore, that would be a no-no, right? Like, you come back with your face red after lunch break, everyone will be like, hey. See, that's the thing. We get the Asian flush. They don't, you know. So (laughs) Is is that the real reason why it's okay? Pop a mint. No one knows you've had a pint until you start slurring, of course. But then that, that means you had a pint too many. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. I mean, that that might be more of an issue of know your limits than, exactly. than, than yeah. an absolute rule. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I've I've seen it very often, uh, especially after work. Oh yeah, la, Of course, after work. So I, I've gone to to pubs for. Oh, okay. So the pubs here, apart from doing beer, they do like sandwiches for lunch and fish. Yeah, and chips pubs and are for the the whole family, right? Exactly. Yeah. So it, it kind of is more than just, if you go there for lunch, it's more than just a drink. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a coffee shop for them. They have relatively cheaper sandwiches and food there as well. Mm. But one interesting observation I had is that it's predominantly white people. And, and by white, I mean your, your average British working class or European person there rather than well-colored people like, like myself. In fact, I've almost yeah. never seen other Asians there. Just That's- observation. That is so strange, especially for London. I mean, other parts of England I might understand, but mm. London is so, so multicultural, right? Mm. Yeah. And yet the pubs are still predominantly Caucasian. Yeah. I I, don't, I mean, I guess maybe for some reason, the pub culture here is just something that the locals, the English people have embraced. And right. it's so normal to them. Whereas for us, it's like, go to a pub for lunch? No, thank you. You know, I'd rather go to a restaurant. I'd rather go somewhere else. But for them, it's like, Lunch? Where else? Let's go to a bar. I mean, a pub, you know. It's the best place to get a bike. That's wild. Because, I mean, just people of Asian descent, there will be so many of them who are native Londoners as well, or or native Brits. And your observation is basically saying that you don't even see, like, non-Caucasian Londoners or or non-Caucasian Brits in pubs. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's probably a rabbit hole that myself, I don't have any of the knowledge to dive into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Best to stay clear of them. But, um, I mean, it's been fine. You know, when I go yeah. there, there's no like racism or anything. It, the the whole like, pub doesn't suddenly go silent. Like I see in, you know, like in the scenes from some movies. I think, I think you're thinking of the Wild West. Everyone stops looking at <laughs> you. Getting ready to pull out their guns. Sorry, I'm sensitive topic. But yeah, um, no, over here it's fine. You know, once you have a player next to you, everyone's your brother, everyone's on the same page as you. <laughs> That's probably the effect of alcohol. It is. Lowest inhibitions. <laughs> but, okay, but then on the flip side, 
who are the people that you would see at London cafes? Yeah, so that's completely different. I think that's where you see the whole range of working class people, of pretty much, okay, mainly working class people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and all from all different backgrounds, cultural backgrounds. I think in the more central areas, you would see more tourists than not. But your average Starbucks or, well, their most famous one here is Pratt-Amon. Oh, Pratt-Amon, yeah. Yeah. Most of them are located around the business areas. So you tend to have a lot of business, well, working class people going there to either drink coffee there or to tapau back to the office. So I feel that that coffee scene is for everyone here. So National Day is coming up in Singapore and, and that almost seems like a beautiful <laughs> a beautiful sentiment of the common humanity of people. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> every creed and every race. Yes, yes. It is wow. the is the melting pot well, of coffee lovers I suppose <laughs> yeah and and I mean it seems like there's also just a, a minimum income level to be there la. I mean these are not necessarily the cheapest places even for the locals right yeah it's not for sure so that's the thing I don't really see students maybe they don't drink coffee but in Singapore you would always see students until they have to put up the signs like please don't come and study here during our peak hours exactly yeah so okay well uni students yes Right. School students, no. So in Singapore, you have that, right? Yeah, you get secondary school students. Exactly. So here, no, I have not seen that. But maybe it's uh, not a culture for them to study outdoors, you know? Uh, yeah, maybe. I can't really imagine why it's necessarily the case in Singapore. But honestly, it might just be about like the relative affluence law. Like the, the average student, uh, secondary school student in Singapore gets enough allowance to be able to afford the prices that they're charging at our cafes. That's true. And they want to be somewhere other than the library because, you know, you can't eat in the library. But that's an interesting observation, right? Because the Singapore students, they go to Starbucks, they go to Coffee Bean. Yeah. They don't go to your coffee shops to get coffee. So they're not after... No, they're, they're after the space. They want the space. They're after the space, correct, yeah. yeah. And the environment, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, that's another rabbit hole, but... It's, <laughs> okay, so in my view... Starbucks is significantly more expensive for a cup of coffee than if you go to the specialty cafes in Singapore, where arguably you get better coffee. Mm. So it's still a bit surprising to me that students would, unless they got some policies where you cannot study, which I'm not aware of. But unless, if that's not the case, sorry, my words are getting jumbled out. If that's not the case, then that means that on average, Singaporean students are willing to pay the premium to be at a Starbucks. Uh, and there's less coffee beans at Starbucks because, I mean, Starbucks has won that battle. Uh. Yeah. Uh, coffee bean also not necessarily the cheapest. But again, I don't think that coffee bean is on par with like the better cafes. And yet Singaporean students would still head out to coffee bean and a Starbucks much more likely than to yeah. sit at one of the other cafes and do their work. Yeah. No, I, I guess you're right. I think you made the observation that Singaporean students are willing to pay that premium for the space. I vaguely recall doing that myself, especially because I knew Starbucks cafes had um, charging points, which was a big plus. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So there are other factors at play also. Charging points, so. <laughs> you mean like a kopitiam? Lah? Like a kopitiam, yeah. Don't have la, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Don't have aircon. Don't have charging point. Don't have Wi-Fi. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Starbucks is all that. Yeah. Okay, so bring it back to London and the coffee scene there. Mm. Would there be any places that you, like real specialty places that you want to hit up before you come back to Singapore? Um, so I think in the last podcast, I talked about this place near where I'm staying. It's called a Nude Coffee Roasters or something like that. I've always walked by it, but I've never had a chance to actually go there and, and try. But I think it's one of the places where every time I walk by, I'm like, hmm, is today a good day for coffee? And <laughs> I look at a queue and like maybe not, and it won't buy. So I think, you know, if if the opportunity arises, I would like to try that. But otherwise, I don't think I'll go out of my way to a specialty coffee before I go back. That's right. Now, given everything that you've explained about the way that you consume coffee, yeah, totally makes sense. The interesting thing is that we'll probably be leaving the coffee machine. Really? Well, to, to, to give it away as a gift, I think. Oh, so that's nice. Need a kid. <laughs> So then when you come back to Singapore, then it's just you tap out from the local coffee shop on the way to work kind of thing. Yeah, don't need to go get my Nespresso capsules anymore. Well, not so much that I don't have need for it, but I think it's so much easier to get a coffee from a coffee shop in Singapore. Right. So. That, this has been actually quite illuminating for me because I drink coffee in a different way from, from you. Mm-hmm. I do need it for the pick-me-up. Otherwise, I can't really get started on the day. But yeah, I, I go about it quite differently i think yeah like when i travel i have to factor in should i bring my own coffee maker and grinder? <laughs> I'm, I'm not i'm not wedded to like i have to do it but yeah. it's more like can i trust these people that i'm visiting <laughs> right yeah no but isn't it such a it's a lot of stuff to bring along i mean unless it's a it can be la, it can be so uh there are portable hand grinders to bring right yeah. um so that one is like one cylinder and then for the coffee maker, I like to use the AeroPress uh, yeah, because okay. there's not so many moving parts. It's plastic. So it's pretty hardy. And uh, there's a reusable filter. I, I went to go and buy one of those metal filters. So I don't have this whole ah. stack of paper filters that I will yeah. Yeah, every time. So it keeps the packing smaller, although it's a bit more mafan because I got to rinse that out every time. Right. But then I also... Have we tried? Sorry, Sorry yeah, go ahead. Oh, oh uh, I was going to say then... For hot water, of course, you know, where I'm going, I can obviously get hot water there. Yeah. I think it's safe to say there isn't a place on earth where you can't get hot water, right? (laughs) (laughs) Civilization has progressed to a point. Ooh, fire. Um, (laughs) So so hot water is not a problem. Cups, I can always get a cup wherever I am. Then it's just a matter of, do I use volumetric measure for the beans or do I go crazy and bring a weighing scale? Uh, I don't mm. think I bother doing that anymore. I just bring a scoop and it's just like, ah, roughly there. The only trouble is the beans themselves. So right. I, yeah. I need to know that there is at least one decently reliable place that I can buy one bag of beans while I'm there and then I can make when I'm there. Wow. Wait, this is even when you're on holiday? Yeah, no. On holiday, huh? Wow, that's intense. Okay. <laughs> like uh, a few years that's ago. A lot, that's a lot the, the year before the pandemic, I had this trip, like a road trip around Norway, and I brought the gear. Lah. So we started out in mm. one major city, Bergen, and then I bought coffee right. beans from there because I'm going to drag the whole group to a cafe slash roastery yeah. anyway. So then when I'm there, then yeah. I pick up the beans. And then, so we were road tripping, and it was like smaller cities, smaller towns. And then we ended in Oslo, which is the capital and so if I needed to restock, right. I could restock there. But that was also the, the tail end of the trip. Right. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's like, I feel like that's how we plan food for our daughter when we're <laughs> <in her> traveling. 
got to bring the, the, the logistics yes. think about where we can make stops, um, where we can get more resupplies. <laughs> okay, la, but it's, it's easier. There aren't as many hygiene concerns. That's true. That's true. And the consumer is not as picky, right? <laughs> I mean, I've made many bad cups with my AeroPress uh, and, and the blame is on me. But it's on me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I have the stuff <laughs> with me. If not, then I remember I went to US with my wife and then we, same thing, long, I brought the same equipment and I couldn't make good coffee. But if I wasn't right. making coffee, then I would just be getting whatever coffee was available in the hotel, which would probably be like a pot of coffee that they have at the breakfast, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then that one is confirmed a step down. La. This one, even if I mess it up, there was at least a chance that it would be better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> very, very different coffee consumption habits (laughs) (laughs) yeah which is why conversations like this are good then i get to learn something and see from a different perspective yeah and so on that note just one more month and then you'll be back in town you don't necessarily have to do like a part three it's almost like if Mm. we do that then we're practically charting your entire journey you can archive all this and and look back years to come And reflect on how my coffee journey, journey has not changed. By that. No, it has, it has. I mean, I've lived a year, well, almost a year here on Nespresso capsule coffee, which is something I would not have wanted to do or I don't think I would do in Singapore. And even that is a different experience. And when we go, whenever we go out, if I do need a coffee, it's going to be a cafe. Whereas in Singapore, it's going to be a coffee shop. Yeah. So it's a, it's a completely different experience, I think. But it's, it's sort of a chapter that I would, you know, mark as a London you know, and not sort of try to bring it back to Singapore to do. That is such a healthy approach, you know, to, to not try to recreate the experience and to just preserve it, recognize it, appreciate it for what it is, that that was there and that worked for there and then. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And enjoy it in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, I'm going to talk to my wife about bringing cup noodles to our <laughs> upcoming trip. <laughs> I, I don't, I can't get behind that. Like, I know maybe you should pack a few as emergency, but she's like, no, no, no. I look forward to going overseas and eating cup noodles. I'm like, wow, wow. <laughs> like, why, why is this a highlight? This should not be a highlight. It somehow tastes different. I was like, no, I reject that. <laughs> okay, maybe the water tastes different. I mean, the hardness of water in different kinds. But that's, No. <laughs> This is a certain <laughs> level of madness. Where, where are you guys going for holiday? Um, we're going to visit some friends in Vancouver. So, okay, I don't know when I'll publish this one, but I'll probably publish this episode before we we head off. So I will record okay. when when I'm there. La. Um, and Vancouver, I think Vancouver, yeah, la, there's things to see about the coffee scene. Uh, okay, so listeners, if you have any place to recommend, then yeah, please tell me where to go in Vancouver. I, I'm really, really interested to, to see it is and also the people that we're visiting in vancouver they like coffee as well oh actually i've had the guy on the show before ian so he's told me about his adjustments to the coffee scene and just trying to figure out like what is the coffee culture in vancouver what he's used to because like me he has an espresso machine at home in singapore Mm -hmm. so he was used to pulling shots every single day and then you know but of course as a visitor, it's different. Lah. As a visitor, I'm probably going to be spending more per day on coffee. For yeah. him, he's he's there for an extended period. Like you are, you, you've been in London for a whole year. Yeah. I feel like there's a, you know, when you're there for a longer term, there's a different strategy. Yes. 
or different approach towards how you consume. With everything, right? Exactly, with everything, yeah. Coffee's no different, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll probably record while there. Scully, the like vlogging culture, very strong. And I'll see a lot of people like vlogging in cafes. And I'll be like, well, right, it's yeah. no problem for me to just do an audio-only recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be. I've actually never been to... I've only been in Toronto. But I guess... Yeah. So because of Kim's convenience, I kind of wish that we were going to Toronto. Then I looked at the map. Then I was like, no, these are different uh, yeah. coasts. <laughs> I don't have time to do this. It's like it would be cute, but no, never mind. Yeah, yeah, but but there's there's lots of things for us to look forward to. Um, so I guess something, in some senses, it's like London, where it's such an iconic location. Uh, there's mm-hmm. things for all kinds of people to to look out for. And my wife and I are a big fans of watching shows. We like to watch series. We like to watch movies. And we discovered over the last one year or so, a lot of shows have been filmed in Vancouver. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like there's this, uh, there's this TV series, Once Upon a Time. Okay. So it takes all the fairy tales and then like reworks them. So all the fairy tale uh, characters kind of coexist in the same space. Yes. And then Is it they like get Disney dragged. Production? Yeah. It's on Disney Plus, oh. it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know if it was originally Disney. It's probably not originally Disney, then they acquired the rights later. Okay. Right. Yeah. So the whole the, the bulk of the, the story takes place in like from the the fantasy from the storybook realm. Uh the characters mm-hmm. get pulled out and they come to like our realm, our dimension. And the mm-hmm. place that they go to is a fictitious town called Storybrook, and Storybrook is located in Vancouver. Okay, I see. So, so you're, gonna, you're going to visit it. <laughs> it it's not too out of the way, uh, and she went to go and binge the whole series. So she's like, "Wow, I gotta go and watch." <laughs> anyway, she started posting about it on social media. There were lots of like all the secret fans who came out of the woodwork and like, "Oh my goodness, you finally watched it!" <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> And and because you know it's it's a it was a TV series, so the budget not necessarily the most, which means yeah. that they can't always do high end special effects. So the shots of the main street and stuff like that, of the actual location, they feature very heavily in the show, I see. which makes yeah. it super recognizable. Yeah, yeah. So we we, we found out like nonsense like that last. Like we can visit this place, uh, the X Men Mansion. Uh, is oh, located yeah. in Vancouver also. You knew that. Okay, but that, that must be quite Ulu. Um, okay, Canadians, I'm sorry if, if I'm getting this wrong. Uh, <laughs> I think it is located on Vancouver Island. So there's Vancouver, then there's Van Island. I see. And we were already planning to go to Vancouver Island and spend one leg of the trip there. So we would have more than one day there. Are you going to you know, get a Harley Davidson? Yes! Yes! When, what, oh wait, I'm sorry. When I... Okay, so <laughs> listeners, you can't see the hand action, but, but what he did was 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 like he waved his his uh, hands as fists. Uh, I totally thought of something else. So you're thinking about riding a chopper? Oh, okay. No, That's I'm funny. I'm much more low budget. I <laughs> oh, I okay. plan to I plan to get like six Korean chopsticks because they're metal, and then like <laughs> stick them in between my finger, my knuckles, and stand in front of the X Mansion. Woo-hoo! Yeah, don't don't let them see you during that. <laughs> they may kick you out. I I can't be the only person who's done this budget cosplay. I've used. Pencils. I mean, sure, pencils, but 
but you, you know, know his claws are metal. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to visit. Okay. I don't know if you have time for this, and I'm not even sure how far out of London it is. Uh, there's a really stupid movie that I have loved ever since I watched it ages ago. It's called Hot Fuzz. Have you watched Hot Fuzz? Mm. No, I have not watched it, but it sounds familiar. Okay, very... Uh, if it's the unrated version, the violence is totally inappropriate for your daughter. So if you right. go and watch it, don't don't watch it with her. <laughs> okay. It's probably on some of the streaming services. It's okay. filmed in... It's filmed in a small town that is why well, it's, it's drivable from London. Because mm. I remember in 2020, I was supposed to travel to the UK and do a bit right. of a road trip with my parents. Then, of course, like everyone's plans, they got cancelled. Yeah. And so it was a road trip, right? So that's the important context. So my wife and I love that movie. Very, very stupid. It's Simon Pegg, so it's comedy. I mean, I'm sorry, Mr. Pegg. It's not like you only do... What? Okay, to be fair, I don't really remember Simon Pegg doing any roles that don't have a comedic element to it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's one of the funniest shows that I've ever seen. Uh, and then I introduced her to it, and we were both fans. Then we realized that, oh my goodness, I mean, it was a thoroughly British film. Uh, and, and it was filmed in the UK. And then we were like... <gasps> This is the, the real place and they organize tours. <laughs> if you if you're a fan of the film, they organize like hot fuzz film tours at the place. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm definitely going there. <laughs> then then when the COVID happened, then we we're like, wow, basket. <laughs> I realized they are actually quite big on that. You know, like famous places in like movies or shows. Well, I mean big, yeah. London According to, if we put all the movies together and take them as, as fact, then London has been destroyed and rebuilt countless times, along with it's Tokyo true. and New York, uh, <laughs> Paris, maybe not so much. Yes. I think London Bridge has actually, actually fallen quite a number of times <laughs> <laughs> in many movies. <laughs> yeah, so I, there, there's no shortage of famous locations in London. La. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Singapore got nothing, got nothing famous. Huh? Every uh, YouTuber has the same shot of MBS. That's it. And, and our shop houses in Chinatown. Right? And our shop houses. Uh, not, not just Chinatown. A lot of tourists I notice will go and visit the Katong area and then ah, they'll, they'll, they'll talk it up. And it's like, yeah, it's pretty, but I kind of don't notice that as a local. Yeah, we don't. I wouldn't go out of my way for that. I'll go out of my way for food. But I wouldn't travel to yeah. the other end of the island for like, look at building that basket. <laughs> exactly. I can yeah. see it, like I can see it on Instagram, right? I don't have to. Yeah, I can do... Google it. Why, why must I go there? I've used an excuse to 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 not go for certain things while I'm here. <laughs> in the past one year, in the past year, yes. Like, uh, yeah, I've seen what Cambridge looks like. I've seen what Oxford. Looks like. <laughs> yep, I've seen it on Google. <laughs> Uh, I, I suspect that has the potential to get one into trouble. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, not, let's not venture there. <laughs> I, I, share, I share the struggle. I share the struggle. Yes. Okay, wow. This has been a really good and lengthy conversation, but I think we better wrap it up. Okay. So this also means for a very bang for buck. That's the theme, right? Oh, very bang for yeah. buck uh, <laughs> podcast episode. Okay, yes. <laughs> I don't know what's going to be the eventual runtime, but I'm likely to just keep this as uncut as possible. Uh, so this yeah. this will be 
listener, this is probably going to be able to take you for your entire commute. And depending on how long your commute is, maybe this will take you part one of your journey and then part two, your return journey home no? after work or school. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, the commute, yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thanks once again, Derek. We will definitely catch up. Recording notwithstanding, we'll catch up when you get back. Uh, I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, we've got a lot of things to talk about. But I think for the purposes of this podcast, we should draw this episode to a close thank you once again for sharing even though i can see that it's a bit of a struggle to talk about coffee for you <laughs> yes my expertise is not coffee but you know i, I drink it for, to, to get by so <laughs> but yeah thanks for bringing me along on this journey i think it's gotten me to think a bit more about you know things that like coffee which i think i often took for granted it's in, oh, oh. so thank you yes, that's very kind of words back, of course yeah, looking forward to having you back. Okay, so thanks once again. Uh, and I'm just going to hit stop on the recording for the interview portion of this episode. So there you have it. That's my rather long conversation, my long catch up with Derek. But as you can tell, hopefully, we are good friends and it was a really nice time to just catch up with him. Uh, but that's been done remotely twice now. And I really hope to have him back on the show to, to show what it's like when we catch up with him back in Singapore. Anyway, like I mentioned during that conversation, that interview, the next thing for me is I will be heading over to Vancouver. Uh, at the time of this recording, it's Monday, and I'm flying off this weekend to go and visit my friend, Ian, who I've also had on the show before. And it's going to be quite exciting because I haven't seen him in a year. Um, and also, I, I want to be able to check out what the coffee scene is like over in Vancouver. So if you haven't already got onto the Telegram channel, I know it's kind of quiet. It's basically just me saying stuff. But if you haven't got onto the Telegram channel, you find the link in the show description. And I hope to see you there and I hope to hear from you because I've already put out even ahead of the publishing of this episode, I've already put out the question that I'm going to Vancouver. If you have any recommendations for cafes that I could go and visit, for roasters that I could buy stuff from, because I'm going to bring my hand grinder and my AeroPress with me anyway. Plus, I can also tap our beans back. La. But I'm going to be there for two weeks. Um, may not be able to tap our beans back for, like from the first leg of the trip. But towards the end, I, I will definitely buy some beans back. If you have a recommendation, I'm very happy to check it out assuming they're not like selling geisha beans only and it's really exorbitantly expensive. But yeah, do hit me up where you think I can go uh, that's coffee related in Vancouver. I I have Googled a little bit, obviously, and the results are promising, but I, I don't want to set my expectations too high, right? Otherwise, Scully, I get super disappointed. Um, so I will be recording some stuff there. Uh, I don't know if it'll be one episode or it, it will be multiple but I will be recording some stuff there. Hopefully, Ian will be happy to come onto the show and we'll have a live conversation, which is, um, I'm stoked. That's not something I've gotten the chance to do very much on this show. Um, but yeah, that will be it for this episode. Thank you so much once again for listening. As usual, um, Lakey Inspired is the one who's provided the intro and outro music. It's the same track called uh, Arcade. I think that's the name of the track. And there's a link to that artist SoundCloud in the show description, in the episode description. But once again, that's it from me signing off. This is Macchiato Memory, an attempt to make sense of the coffee scene from Singapore.